and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest is a fun one for me. It's someone who I get to work with every single day, someone that I call a dear friend. Jim Bramble is the Chief Legal Counsel for EXP World Holdings. Jim, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Michael. I'm excited to be here. And thank you for the kind words. I, I really enjoy working with you as well. Oh my God! You know it's 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 uh, it's so crazy in this virtual environment in which we live in and work in. But you know, you and I met just for the first time about uh, two months ago, less than that. Uh, but we had been working together and working on a daily basis, and we created this amazing friendship. That when I saw you, it was just a continuation of that. And so, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I agree with that. It's amazing how well the virtual world works because yes. when we met in Dallas, it was not like I just met you. It's like an old friend that we've known each other for a long time. You know, it, it, and for those of you that are just joining us, you know, we, you know, the, the, this thing, Jim, this, uh, this podcast has really taken a life of its own. And, you know, I've been so humbled by the the reception that we've had on this, but we're actually distributed in 70 countries on this show now. And, you know, you and I work very closely together, really on a daily basis with the global expansion project we've been working on for EXP. And, you know, you've got great experience in not only real estate, but in the health sector and the educational sector. And I want to get into all of that. But before we begin, can you just share with the listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. So um, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. I was born here and I still live here. Uh, I really love living in Salt Lake. It's for me, it's the perfect size city. It's it's big enough that if I want to have, you know, um, let's say Korean food at 3 a.m., I can do it. I can go see an NBA game or a Broadway play, at least before the pandemic. But it's small enough that it doesn't feel like a big city. It feels more like a smaller town. So it's perfect. And I've always wanted to stay here, even though I've traveled throughout the world and lived in different places during my life. I wanted to end up back here in Salt Lake. Um, so I've been married now for, um, geez, it looks, I guess, 25 years. And I have three children, uh, two sons and a daughter. And I went to law school back in the 90s. Um, the reason I went to law school, I actually, when I was growing up, never thought about being a lawyer. But in high school, I read this book called The Brethren by Bob Woodward. And Bob Woodward is, is the uh, journalist who um, helped. He was he uh, had the communication with Deep Throat that helped uncover the Watergate scandal in sure. the Nixon years. Yep. And he wrote this book about the Supreme Court in the civil rights era. And it just really excited me. It made, I, I saw myself, man, if I can become a lawyer, I can work with civil rights and speak up for the marginalized. So I, um, I went to law school with all these great intentions. And I really liked law school, but I also started to become disillusioned because this was, you know, the late 90s, the time of Enron and sort of corrupt companies and people doing things, often with the help of lawyers to cheat people. Yep. And I, I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, so, you know, I just made a promise to myself I was going to do something good with my legal career and I would never represent a client that I would couldn't be proud of. And 
I've uh, tried to do that for my career, and I've I've uh, really I've really enjoyed um, what the law has been able to to give to me and my family. I love that, and you know, and and knowing you and working with you day in and day out, it is so refreshing to have somebody from a legal perspective really do it for the right reasons and have that in your heart. And I know that you do. And it's really such a pleasure to work with you with that regard, because it makes the project that we're doing a sincere one, one that comes from a good, good place. But, you know, you all, you, you started in the educational uh, sector, didn't you? You started as an educator. Yeah. So um, actually throughout Right after I graduated from law school, um, one of the first things I did is I, I took up an adjunct um, position teaching uh, college classes in constitutional law, and I really enjoyed it. And I continued doing that for up until the time that um, travel and, and as my, uh, biz- my job duties became more and more complex, it became more difficult. So I haven't done it for several years, but I really enjoyed it. I love that. So it's always been that sense of giving back. And I know you, you really do look at it from that lens. And, you know, it's always such a pleasure because we are looking at it and I'm looking at it from a business sense. You're looking at it from a legal sense, but we're ending up at the same place at the same time. And it's, we're getting there faster, which is really a lot of fun doing that with you. But then you also spent a fair amount of time at, at uh, Usana. Tell me about that. And you have an incredible global expansion that you did there. Yeah, so USANA Health Sciences was the company that I, I worked at for 20 years before I came to EXP. Wow. And um, I, I'm really grateful for the opportunities that I had there because I really do feel like a lot of who I've become, I've become in large part because of the experiences that that opportunity gave me. And if you remember, I said that uh, in law school, I was a little disillusioned with the law and some of the ways that um, people use their legal counsel to help them, you know, get into the gray areas without getting caught, maybe. And with that sense of disillusionment, I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I I kind of experimented a little bit. I I worked with um, nonprofits and I helped uh, immigrants uh, through Catholic Community Services. I clerked for a judge. And then I met the founder of USANA Health Sciences. And they were a, a small company, but but starting to grow in the United States, about 50 million a year in sales. They were doing business in the United States, but they just entered Canada. So they had this idea of maybe expanding. And um, someone recommended that I talk to him because he was looking to bring, getting big enough that he thought he could use some legal counsel. And he told me that uh, he was looking for someone to help keep the company ethical and to protect the agents and to protect the employees. And, you know, that spoke to me instead of helping me, instead of helping him um, avoid uh, or to not get caught, he wanted to do things ethically and he just wanted guidance. So I decided I'd take a job, I'd try corporate and I really liked it. I grew with the company. Um, I was given responsibility for legal operations, for agent compliance. Um, I was able to start and then run their charitable foundation, which was a foundation that's uh, goal was to feed hungry children throughout the world. And then one of the things that I enjoyed most is I was given the responsibility to expand internationally. 
And in the 20 years that I was there, we went from a company operating in the United States and, and Canada to over 24 countries throughout the world and um, grew from a $50 million company to by the time I left, they were about 1.1 billion. So that was a fun experience, a roller coaster ride in a lot of ways, but I'm very grateful for it. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm on a similar path. I'm doing it again. <laughs> Except you're going to do the 24 countries in two years instead of that's right of the 20. So we'll 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 have fun with that. Um, but you know, it's really it really is fun to work with someone who's got that international background. You know, it's um, it's not always the case when you have the uh, the people that have a similar background and be able to understand the challenges of expanding internationally. So, Jim, tell me three things that you've learned about expanding internationally for our listeners. Oh, boy. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's probably, you know, lots of, of advice. Um, I've done a lot of things um, wrong, for instance, that I can learn from as I look back. I would say, so one thing is when choosing to expand internationally, it's really important um, to, to choose the markets that you go to uh, the right way and for the right reasons. And so I would say never expand internationally. A company should never expand internationally to make up for failures in existing markets. In other words, if you just, you know, if you're in the United States and, and things, sales are slowing down and, and you're worried and you need some extra growth, that's not a reason to go international. International expansion should, should should happen, um, should coincide with momentum. You expand mm -hmm. internationally because things are going great and you want to expand on that momentum. You can never use it as a bandaid, I guess, is another way to put it. Has to happen organically. That's right. Yeah. Um, so the second thing, when you're looking at different markets, uh, you know, the, and this is what you and your team do and Megan at EXP, uh, you know, you're looking at a whole bunch of complex issues what are the regulations in the country? How is real estate governed? The tax issues, does the country have infrastructure? There's so many things that you have to understand before you can go into a market. Sometimes companies make decisions based on which markets are the easiest to, to enter rather than the more complex. Sure. I think that's a mistake because I think the, the reason to expand is that momentum. And so you need to follow the momentum, follow the interest, where do the leaders want to go? Where do your agents want to go? Where do they have connections? Where are you going to grow? And that's where you go, even if it's the most complex market there is to open, right? We, we, we get experience. the resources. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You do it. You do it. And yeah. you do it right because the business right. is there. Yeah. Oh, and then three. So the I guess the third thing I would say so as you expand and especially when you start to go in diverse places, you know, EXP just entered um, India and Asia, a couple of markets in, um, in Europe and then in Mexico and in uh, Latin America. And there's all these different cultures and there's different traditions. And sometimes, you know, real estate is done differently in different places and there are cultural um, differences and you have to be willing to respect those traditions and that culture, and even change your business model based on, on the culture. But 
you know, the line that you don't cross is never change for cultural reasons if your core values are at risk. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Right. So those you stick to. Those are the, the, the common thread between all the markets. You know, at e- EXP, we have core values, you know, community, integrity, service. There's, we have several. And you never want to, um, you know. Jeopardize that. Those, that's right. Right. Never jeopardize yeah. that. But outside of that, you know, there's different ways to do different things. And you have to respect the culture and be willing and, you know, to I, evolve. I, I think it's really interesting, Jim. That's a really great lesson to learn because it is the fact that you know in order to expand culturally there's more there's a lot of things that that there's more things than unite us as human beings than not and people have the same you know intrinsic goals and values but the way that we communicate those are vastly different around the globe and I think that that's really a wise sort of thing of, of looking at it like that and I think that what we've also done with expanding globally is that we're building a story, right? We're building a story for the brand and we're selecting these countries in what makes sense for us to really have tentacles around the globe that will actually be anchor spots, if you will, for us. And I think that the idea is is really having a plan, right? When you talk about choosing the markets the right way, it's really that organic growth that happens, but really sort of seeing where do we want, in our case, this brand or EXP to look like five years from now? Where does that footprint look like and how does that benefit the overall business that we're creating? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think that that's fun doing that with you. So I have uh, a great question for you. So 20 years at Usana and, you know, your sense of, of great ethics and, and morality with um, why you decided to pursue law in the first place. But tell me what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned in business? Okay, that is a good question. Uh, you know, I think I would go back to integrity and ethics. And I have this uh, plaque on my desk that my administrative assistant about 15 years ago gave me and I, and it's never left my desk. So I want to look at it every day and it says, when in doubt, do what is right. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder. I think for me that um, usually we know what the right thing to do is. And, and if we think we're not sure what to do, it might be that in reality we do know, and we do know what the right choice is. And, you know, early on in my uh, career, we were opening um, the company I was with USON and we were opening South Korea and we had an agent who had uh, brought us was, was about to bring us a ton of business. And we found out that that agent was doing some very unethical things, the kind of things that could actually put the company at jeopardy. And I was really torn. I was worried because on the one hand, it was not right for us to associate with that kind of unethical behavior. But on the other hand, he's bringing us so much business and I wanted to be successful in this market. And our CEO at the time, when I, when I came to him and I told him what was happening, he just said, oh, well, we're going to disassociate ourselves with them right now. I'd rather lose the market and have to start over than deal with unethical behavior. And, you know, that courage to just make the right choice, no matter what the consequences are, um, was inspiring to me. So that was a good lesson I learned. When in doubt do the right thing. 
And, you know, and it's also something that has to be that mantra because this is the long game, right? You're in it for the long run. And you, it, takes, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation, but a split second to lose it. That's right. In the end, you will always benefit, not just from an ethical perspective, but from a business perspective, it's so true. if you do what's right. It's so true. So tell me how you actually ended up at EXP. How did this journey happen for you? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, it was something that I wasn't seeking and that I didn't expect. And yet two years later, I'm so grateful that it happened because I absolutely love this company. Um, so when I, you know, left USANA and decided that was the time, I had no thought of ever being part of corporate America again. I wanted to spend time with my family. I wanted to um, teach. I wanted to go back to teaching. And I was actually feeling out a couple of universities at, at the time of what I might do. Um, I was not willing to move. Salt Lake City doesn't have, you know, as many opportunities from a business perspective as other larger cities. But I wasn't willing to move because of my daughter had committed to a Mandarin Chinese immersion program with school. And I had committed to letting her finish that out um, through high school. And, and that meant not moving uh, from where we were. And so I was, I, I just wasn't looking for a corporate position. But um, Glenn Sanford, the founder and CEO of, of um, EXP, had met and uh, the former CEO, my former CEO of USANA, and had been talking to him about some of his needs. And the CEO, you know, recommended that he reach out to me, and so he did. He reached out to me, and he asked if we could have a conversation. And I just fell in love with the company and my first meeting with him. Everything about it, the the way that I could work from wherever in the world I wanted to live, which meant I could stay, you know, keep my commitment to my daughter and, and allow her to finish this program. His progressive vision as an entrepreneurial, um, an entrepreneurial person who was willing to look at things different. And he, you know, there was none of the, well, we've always done things this way. So that's how we have to do it that I'd experienced in the past. It was just all so exciting. It felt like I was starting over again and, and, I decided to take the chance and I'm so glad I did because it's been, you know, even better than I anticipated. I'm so glad you did too. <laughs> it's, it, it is sort of so much fun because when you come in and you start building something and you start building something with like-minded people, it actually doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're coming in and you're playing, you're exploring, you're creating. It's like, well, what if we do this? And what if, what if this sort of changes? And, you know, it's always where you're playing in that realm of possibility. And there's no better leader than Glenn to set that platform for it. And he's the one that does it the greatest of all of them because you start presenting a problem. And the way that his mind thinks, you'll have 15 solutions in three minutes. And you're like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. And it is exactly what you're saying, where, you know, you're presenting the solution in a way that you hadn't thought about it before. Exactly. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm at a, a startup uh, tech company, yes. you know, and instead of in Silicon Valley, instead of real estate, you know, real estate's the, the old school traditional model, right? Right. But Glenn's just not that. <laughs> he doesn't look back backwards. It's only forward. Well, we are actually a, a top 
tech company pick from Motley Fool today for top tech companies in 2020, which was a really great honor when you started thinking about it. Did you see that? That was amazing. Yeah, kudos to Motley Fool for saying that, right? That's because they're absolutely incredible. You know, they only picked six uh, six companies, and it was a great honor to be among those other five companies. And you know, we're the only ones in a real estate tech space, so that was a really great run. So it really does feel like a startup because, in many ways, I think we still are. Yeah, absolutely, we are. So now that you are fully immersed in this real estate world, you've seen a lot in your time with EXP. And so I'm wondering what advice you would give a realtor coming into the business today, because you have an interesting lens, Jim. You see it from a legal perspective, but you see it from a, a large company now, you know, a $5 billion plus company market cap that, you know, you have um, an interesting lens. So I wonder what would be three pieces of advice you would give a realtor entering the business today. Sure. Um, And by the way, I, you know, I recently became a realtor. I I know that, (laughs) like really recently. And and it's new to me. And, you know, I don't know that I will ever um, practice uh, real estate or not, but um, it was fun to go through the process. Uh, I learned a lot. I, I, I feel like I gained empathy, more empathy for agents. And, you know, I've always known that the agents basically are responsible for my paycheck and I've been super grateful for them, but I feel like I, I gained some empathy. And, you know, when I think of um, someone just starting out, I would say, you know, first is understand maybe, and then expand your sphere of influence. Because I think people don't always realize just how big their network is and how diverse it is. And success in real estate, of course, all depends on networking, right? That's where your referrals come from. That's where other agents will come from. I'm talking about people that you already know, your family, your friends, uh, you know, classmates, sports team members, business associates, when you, if you're a part of community organizations, you know, understand that sphere of influence and, and make sure that you're using it to your advantage with networking. And then two... Um, I, I go back to that plaque on my desk, you know, when in doubt, do what is right. And I would say at the beginning of, of your career as a, as a realtor, make the decision then to always do what's right. Because if you wait until you are in individual situations, should I um, cut a corner? Should I bend the rules? Sometimes it's too tempting to say no because the, the immediate consequences of doing something wrong could be some growth, some extra growth or a bigger paycheck that week, or a bigger commission. And so if you've already made the decision, then you don't have to worry about it, right? That decision is already made. It takes a big load off your shoulders. And then third, especially for new people, I'd say have patience and stay the course because so many agents in, in um, our industry they, you know, they sell a home, they're in for a few months and they don't do anything else. They drop out and real estate. It's, it's not a business that has this curve that constantly goes up, right? It's flat at the beginning and then it sharply turns up. We have a, um, we track at EXP, 
you know, the success of our agents. And we see an exponential increase in success from those agents who've been with us for 12 months or more. So stay the course, stay the course, success comes. You know, I think that that is a great pieces of advice because they're very sound, right? And it is, it is true. It is all about consistency in our game. And there is always that temptation that you may want to cut a corner here or there. And, you know, if you start having that discipline from the very beginning of always doing what's right, that is always the way to go. And third, what you started with is always that sphere of influence, because sometimes you start looking at other people who may be more successful as you're entering the business. And you're saying, I don't have their book of business. I don't know as many people as they do, but people, you know, do business with people that they know and like. And so your circle is actually quite large. And, you know, I, um, I spoke to um, Orlando Montiel as a guest on, on, on the show recently. And, you know, he's an agent at EXP and he's also a coach and has a television program. And he always says, don't be a secret agent. Let people know that you're in the business. Let people know that you're there and that you're available to assist and help them. People want to have advice and counsel from people that they like and that they know. Super, super sage advice. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're living in, 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 a, in a world that's a little crazy right now globally with our pandemic. And thankfully, there are some vaccines that are coming to market now. So hopefully next year will be a very different year for everyone. And as we're looking at this, we know that the industry and the world is really going to change post-COVID. But tell me what the greatest thing that you think will change about our industry specifically post-COVID? Yeah, so that's a good question. You know, you're, you're right. COVID has, um, it's really turned the world upside down, right? Uh, it, and it's impacted everything, um, the industry, but really everything, how we live, how we interact with each other, how we work, how we communicate, how we travel, when we travel. It's really impacted every aspect of our lives. Um, I think, you know, it's been interesting because from an industry perspective, EXP was ahead of the curve, right? We have this slogan, we were built for this yep. because we were in a position to come out on top. Um, you know, we already had in place the tools and the way to be successful in a virtual way that can still succeed during a global pandemic. And, you know, as as more and more months pass, I see other companies, you know, coming along and trying to learn from some of the lessons that we've taught. And people talk about returning to normal and, man, I'm so grateful for these vaccines and I can't wait. I'm going to be first in line because I want normalcy to return. Absolutely. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to return to what we think is normal. I think that uh, the industry is learning that not only are these tools that EXP already knew about, um, not only did they, can they help in times of things like a pandemic, but they're actually more efficient and better and give more freedom. And I think we're going to see the industry, you know, turn more our way going forward. I think you're right, actually. And I think that it is going to be interesting to see what does happen post-COVID. And, and, and you're right. I, I think the whole world wants to go back to normalcy. So hopefully, you know, these vaccines will be available at a much larger pace in a, larger, in a, in, in a short period of time. But Jim, I have one 
Final question for you. In your current book of life, what's this chapter called? Okay, let's see. That's a good one. Well, all right. So this morning, um, you might have seen I sent a, a, a text message to the executive management team. It was about a podcast that I listened to this morning. It was, um, so there's this New York Times, The Daily, which every weekday morning has a, a new episode. And this morning's was called The Year and Good News. And it was very emotional for me to listen to it because what it did was it talked about some of the beautiful, sometimes small, but beautiful and wonderful things that happened in 2020. And it made me think back and there's this term um, that came from a, a Will Smith movie uh, many years ago called collateral beauty. And what collateral beauty means is you find the beauty in any situation, including dark and even evil situations, right? I mean, there are some really tragic things that happen in the world um, and there's tough things and there's things like our pandemic that we've been going through, but you find the beauty that comes from it and you build on that, right? If the beauty is that we reconnect with our families or we're um, able to find different ways to work, but you connect on that. So I see, you know, in my life right now, I've experienced the really negative of COVID because it's affected my family in very personal ways. And just like so many of us, but I've also seen the best of it because of my experience with the XP. And I want to focus on that and build and go forward and have success. And so I would say maybe, maybe I would call the chapter collateral beauty. I love that. And, you know, it reminds me of a story. I had a, um, a good friend of mine, that um, was a, um, his father was a Buddhist monk, believe it or not. And um, he's a great, um, uh, he's a great agent in Malibu with another company. And, um, but a dear friend of mine, and I've known him for a very long time. And so he actually um, said to me, you know, he made a analogy of the lotus flower, it's one of the most beautiful flowers on our planet, but it can only grow in mud and dirt and darkness. And it is a beautiful thought that through that comes something of such great beauty. And it just reminded me as you were telling that story. And it is a, a, a beautiful analogy. Oh, I love that, Michael. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's beautiful. And Jim, thank you very much for the time today. I enjoy this conversation. I enjoy you every single day. I enjoy our friendship and really your leadership and what we've been building. It's really been an honor doing this side by side with you and having your expertise. And it's just been a wonderful project. So thank you so much, Jim, and happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks, Michael. And same to you. Happy holidays. Thank you. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm.